welcome to the 180th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we're playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on May 13th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show with me is the other half of the show, Carlos Rodella. How you doing, Carlos? What's up? I'm almost done with Trials of Mana. <laughs> Ooh, boy, I feel like we've been talking about that for like six years. Oh, my goodness. It feels like six years of me playing it. <laughs> are you still in the uh, the good time zone, or are you in the, oh, my God, just hurry up and finish this zone? It's interesting how RPGs do that. It kind of goes ebbs and flows, and just, I don't know, six hours ago, I was like, forget this. This is too many hours. I'm done. And then now I'm like, okay, I'm feeling it. I'm taking out mini bosses. I can feel the ending coming, so I'm back in. Oh man, it's funny. We're not going to get too much into this, folks, because I think we've mentioned it like on the last 17 episodes. But if you're curious about Carlos's complete journey, about uh, is it Trials of Mana? It sure is. Yeah, go back, I think, to the first recording, I think, in 1972, and then find the original episode, yeah. and then just work your way forward. Yeah. We will, you'll get the whole saga. So how close do you think you are, honestly, though? I think I'm like six hour, six or seven hours away. Oh, that's still a long time, it's still dude. still a oh. long time. It's like, you go, oh, okay, if I just take out like four more bosses, and then there's this whole other chapter that starts, but then that chapter is going to take at least three four hours and then there's like the epilogue you know so and then there's like the surprise second quest and there's a secret boss and then there's the true ending and yada yada you got you got like you got at least like 84 hours ahead of you dude at least and i it's a trial and i'm (laughs) and i'm taking it (laughs) oh my god all right folks we are wasting no time we're getting right into the games chat here although we are not in the games chat proper uh before we get into that uh we tend to do a little bit of housekeeping. Carlos, I have nothing in housekeeping today. Do you have any housekeeping to bring up? I have 87 items in housekeeping. Oh, my God. You brought the whole house. Yeah, this is the whole house. This is the neighborhood of cleaning. <laughs> um, first off, I just wanted to say we have animated clips on YouTube. The easiest way to find it is just go to YouTube and then search for So Video Games, all one word, podcast. And we'll show up as like the first choice. So Nice. I yeah. like being number one. We're number one in our own podcast search. We are number one when you search for our exact name. If you search for our exact name, you will find our clips. Anyways, we have like four uh, animated clips up there right now. By the time this podcast goes up, there might be another couple. Uh, I'm trying to do like one or two from each episode and then even do some exclusive ones. So please go check that out on YouTube and subscribe because we've never asked you to subscribe to a YouTube channel. Um, So here we are doing it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really get us anything. I mean, we're not like monetizing and i think it probably just will make us feel good and it would help you keep track of our clips when they go up so if you are that kind of person i guess like and subscribe like and subscribe uh pong quest uh, the game that i like uh, quite a bit and have mentioned on this podcast just, yeah we talked about it last episode i remember yeah it just dropped on ps4 so i think it would work really well on that system as well if you have a ps4 and don't have a switch wanted to pick it up because you heard us talking about it check it out on ps4 and you played it on switch or was it pc uh, I played it on uh, Steam. Yeah. Steam. Okay. But I believe it's also coming to Switch as well if it's not already there. And now you've mentioned PS4. So I think there's lots of places people can get their Pong on. Yeah. They can get their Pong on. Uh, <laughs> Summer Games Fest uh, or SummerGameFest.com. Uh, Jeff Keeley, an awesome dude, uh, continually doing really cool things. What he did with the Game Awards, I, I really love and always look forward to them. 
be really interesting to see what he's going to do with them this year with our current issue uh, situation. But because of the current situation, a lot of people home and also uh, itching to, to hear about video games and there's no E3, he put on this show that started already. It's an online show. Uh, it's kind of like presentations or big reveals. And it's going to go from now until, I guess, August, at least a few months. And okay. the first one was a big reveal of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remaster, which I lost my shit for because I've talked Were about... Were those originally PS1? PS1? I want... Yes, I think that's right. Question mark, question mark, question mark? It had to be. The graphics were real bad, and we just <laughs> dealt with it back then. But, um, yeah, the remasters look amazing, and this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted Tony Hawk games. I wanted a new one, but now, essentially, we get new ones with these uh, remasters. So, question on that real quick. I didn't catch that reveal. I know you told me about it. I heard a couple of people talking about it. A lot of... I guess a lot of love out there still for Tony Hawk, even though his games have kind of been off the radar for a while. So I guess my question to you, since I missed the trailer, is this an actual remaster or is this more like a Final Fantasy VII, hey, we call it a remaster, but actually we're just recreating this entire game from the ground up, basically? Like, what did it look like to you? Well, I guess it's both of the things you just said. It is similar to Final Fantasy VII where it's a, it's a different developer, right? So... They basically tried to mimic the original game, but make it better and optimize and <laughs> I was going to say upgrade and, <laughs> and optimize. And I said optimized. Um, we don't that say words. That sounds like a thing people would say in Silicon Valley. It's now optimized. It's that, optimized. That, that could totally be a word. Oh, hashtag optimized. Optimized. See, when we say words that are wrong, like sexability last episode, I think we create new just hashtags. That's how language works. You just like stumble over a word. You're like, wait a minute. That is actually kind of what I wanted to say. Well, and they, then you just keep it. They optimized Tony Hawk. And the fact that like the engine's new, it feels supposedly like the old games did and like the really, really tight controls. But at the same time, the graphics, the physics and just the engine is better. But then on top of that, it is all the old courses and, you know, uh, maps, but as well as some new ones. So it really does feel like a, a Final Fantasy VII. I think it's a good analogy. You know, I have a really good friend. I might have mentioned him on the before. His name is Doug Walsh. Uh, he is, right now he's an author of non-game books, but he built his name by being the author of strategy guides. Um, he wrote a bunch of official strategy guides, and he was the guy that I believe wrote every single Tony Hawk strategy guide that you could buy like a GameStop back in the day. Like you'd go to the the counter and there would have like the hint book or the strategy guide, you know, mm -hmm. uh, he wrote all those and he was like the best Tony Hawk player I've ever seen. I really wonder if he's excited for these or if he's, if he's even going to do any guides for him or something that would bring back a lot of memories. I don't know. If he listened to the show, Doug, if you're listening, what's up, buddy? I uh, I'll he, shoot you an email after this, but yeah, I think he would like them. Cause I feel like they're really, you know, developers lovingly trying to reproduce the original games, but just update it. So I, I, I had a great time with final fantasy seven because of that same reason, so I feel like it's it's going to do it justice. So, anywho, summergamesfest.com. Check it out. Um, reveals. Uh, today, they revealed Unreal 5, uh, Unreal Engine 5, and showed off like what it can do, which was incredible. So, just kudos to Jeff Keighley for doing this. Um, what a great time to do it while we're all kind of stuck inside. I love it. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Anything else in the housekeeping? Was that that it? The house is cleaned. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, I got nothing for this section, and we try to run a fat-free show. So let's just power on straight ahead into the actual game discussion. 
Um, we got a lot on deck today. Let's uh, let's keep it going with you, Carlos, right now. Gravity Rider Zero. I know literally nothing about this game. Don't know what it is. Don't know what system it's on. I don't know anything. Fill us in, sir. Yeah, like uh, a lot of evenings, uh, ever since I had the Switch Lite, I bring in my Switch to my bed, and I go, hey, what's up, Switchy? You know, that's what I call it. And uh, <laughs> and it goes, I don't know, what are you doing? It sounds just like oh, Mickey dear. Mouse. Oh, dear. <laughs> Anyways. <We're doing> voices. <laughs> yeah. We talk back and forth a bit, and then I go to the eShop and try to find new stuff. And I found this game, and it essentially is... It's called Gravity Rider Zero. Essentially, is like Trials. So if you like the bike games, Trials of whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like the motocross, like really super hard, extreme. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get you. So this is okay. I think so. This is kind of like a side view motorcycle type of game. Side view in a way. So what's really interesting about it is again, I think it was three dollars. Most of these uh, Switch games, there's just so many really good ones or ports, which I think that's what this essentially was. Uh, but they're done well on the switch and they're cheap. So you take a chance on them. Uh, I took a chance on it. it. It feels like trials. It feels like those bike games, but it's interesting. You don't really, you know, uh, drive the bike uh, to and from like the foreground and background. It kind of stays on a track similar to most of the trials games, but yeah. it, it does like, Actually, the track itself moves around in space. So they'll do loop-de-loops. They'll do, they'll literally go like, how do I explain this? It's not all just left to right, right? Like when you're on the like track. Like the camera moves, but you can never fall off the track, right? Yes. Like you, your bike stays on the track. But even though you may get those exciting camera pans and the swoops and the viewpoint changes, but you're always like locked to the track, right? That's exactly it. And the, and the camera okay. switches and pans are really exciting. They actually make you feel like you're, you know, really kind of doing a lot of different things on this map when you are still tied to your track. So what's so great about it is so relaxing. It, it takes a while for it to get really difficult. And I like that a lot. Um, this actually is a sequel to a game they made. It's called Vivid Games, this developer. They made a game called Gravity Rider. And it was on, it was an app. So it totally makes sense. It feels like a um, thing you would play on your phone, turn it okay, sideways. Gotcha. Yeah. But this is uh, with controller, it feels really great. Uh, similar to trials, you just mainly control your speed, braking, and then pushing forward and backwards. So getting that momentum going forward uh, or pushing it backward. And that's, you know, there's a little bit of physics and that's the whole game. Um, but you know, each time you complete a track or complete a race, you get experience points. You can upgrade your vehicle. You can add new styling to it. It's like no nonsense, real simple. But it just became so relaxing to me. And even when they were difficult, it really didn't feel like, you know, I just knew I could start over. And essentially, there's like three races in each little section. And the third one is actually a race. So there's other kind of uh, AI racers on the track with you, which I don't know if Trials does that. Do they do that? Uh, yeah, sometimes there are uh, like official race races, but most of the time you are competing against like a set time. And then you can also see like ghosts of your friends. So there's a pretty good dose of like a, a competition, if not exactly multiplayer, if you, if you take my meaning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely ghosts uh, in this one as well, but um I like how it kind of ends. Each one ends with like a race part. Yeah. I, I don't know. Anyways, I, I just love it. It's relaxing. Um, 
the only thing I would say I don't like is every once in a while they make you knock over objects that have physics, and when they fall, then you can like drive on top of them. I always hated that kind of thing in trials. You know what I mean? Where you have to like literally like stop the bike and wait for oh, something. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I don't like that because what's interesting is before they introduce that mechanic in this game, it's like very smooth and fast and kind of just like you're going around loops, you're jumping big things, you're avoiding obstacles, but you're never really like like traversing a track as an adventure zone. You know, like an adventure game, you're really just kind right. of riding the the rails. So it, it started introducing that a little bit. And I didn't like it um, or things like energy and you got to like float up through a fan of energy and then get off of the energy. And then now you're back on the track. Um, Minus that stuff. It's relaxing. It's a million. It's so worth the money. Um, I forgot how much it was because we don't do that in the show. Well, you said a couple bucks, and there's a lot of really good stuff on real cheap sale for Switch right now. This sounds okay. Sounds like it's definitely taking more than a few pages out of the trials book but you said it's relaxing in general i mean i think trials is basically notorious for like how punishingly difficult it can be and i love the Trials series um mostly i think it's kind of lost its way a little bit as it's gone on um but the original trials hd and i think it was trials evolution i love those games and those games are fucking like so incredibly like testicle crushing hard like really hard Ooh. Uh, but they're really good. But but this is not anywhere near that hard, right? No, and that was a terrible visual. <laughs> Why did you have to say that? I mean, just imagine you're nuts in a vice and somebody <sighs> just like cranking them shut and cranking them shut and cranking them shut. And you're like, this hurts Can I get so off? bad. Can I, get I might die. I want to that's, <laughs> that's what it's like to play Trials sometimes. Well, exactly. And that's, yet I still loved it. I know. But that's good you bring that up because it's not like that. You know, I definitely okay, think good. that later on, I mean, I'm pretty far in. I've, I don't know how many... Went, uh, levels I went through, but quite a bit, um, have a lot of vehicles opened, and some of them are like kind of like hovercrafts, and I'm really having a great time with it. I think it's a no-brainer if you have a Switch and you like Trials games, but you don't want it as difficult. It's great. That sounds like something a lot of people might be into. Mm-hmm. All right, Gravity Rider Zero on the Switch. Thank you very much. Uh, let me take the reins here for a minute. Talking about t- Kingdom... Two Crowns, also on the Switch. We love us some Switch on this podcast. Full disclosure, was sent this game to talk about it on the podcast. So I did get this game for free. Although I will say, even fuller disclosure, I actually bought the first game called Kingdom New Lands, which is almost exactly like this exact game. Like there's very little different between them. So I feel like I kind of bought one and then I got like this micro... 0.01% 0.01% upgrade for free. So I don't know that it really counts, but full disclosure, I did get this specific code for free. Anyway, uh, are you familiar with Kingdom, the Kingdom series, Carlos? I think so. Is that side-scrolling, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. This is... I, I don't even know what even genre to put it in. It kind of feels like a 2D pixel-based side-scrolling... I mean, I want to say like a real-time strategy, sort of... Where you play a character on a horse, and you cannot get off your horse, and you don't have any weapons, but what you do is you ride back and forth, left to right, on this little island, and you pick up gold coins, and you use these coins to make things happen. Like, you go to um, a, a rock, and you put a gold coin into it, and it becomes a fire pit. And then if you get some more gold coins, and you come back and put, like, three coins into it, it becomes, like, a campfire, And, like, you kind of, like, slowly upgrade your little mini civilization 
Um, you, you erect like little guard towers, you get little huts that are built, and you kind of run back and forth, left to right, left to right, left to right, keep finding coins, and keep like building up your little land. Uh, and there's like a day-night cycle. Uh, the night is about maybe like a quarter of the length of the day, so it's pretty quick, but at nighttime, these little goblin monsters come from uh, either side of the island and they try to wreck your stuff so you got to make sure you have enough soldiers to defend your area and you got to put up like fences and like little barriers so that they can't come and wreck you yeah um, and that's basically what the game is i've been intrigued by this game for a long time uh when it was originally called i think it was originally called kingdom it was on pc same basic premise they upgraded it a little bit and made it kingdom new lands and i think i played that Played that definitely on Switch, and I think I played it on the Vita as well. Uh, and then they upgraded again, and it's now Kingdom Two Crowns. But like, it's almost exactly the same game every single time. They just keep like minorly upgrading it, and then they call it like a new game. I don't know exactly why. I mean, I guess apparently the upgrades are more significant to the developers than they appear to me because I just played Kingdom New Lands, and then I immediately stopped and I jumped into Two Crowns. And boy, oh boy, those games are basically identical. I mean, I'm sure there's more differences than you can pick up in an hour, but I yeah. would be very hard-pressed to tell them apart side by side. I wonder why they just make a DLC then. See, that's... I mean, that's kind of what Two Crowns feels like. It kind of feels like DLC for New Lands. And I didn't play Kingdom, but people tell me that New Lands kind of feels like DLC for Kingdom. So I don't know what these guys are doing, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Point being... The most recent version, and you can buy it as a standalone game, is Kingdom Two Crowns. And this seems to be the one they're sticking with. They have expanded it a little bit. Uh, you start off as like kind of your medieval person on a horse, and you've got peasants and stuff. And then there's a DLC where you can make the whole thing look like um, samurai skin, where instead of uh, European peasants, you've got Japanese peasants, and you've got a samurai lord instead of a European king. And they just put out a new DLC, which is the reason they wanted me to talk about this, in conjunction with... Um, Bloodstained, the new game that came out recently from Igarashi, where it's oh, kind of yeah. like uh, Symphony of the Night. So they have a new skin for Kingdom Two Crowns, and apparently it's more than just skins, right? There's apparently one or two new mechanics, one or two new things that you can do. I couldn't tell the difference, but it looks very much like everything is kind of creepy undead, sort of. It's got like the purple and red palette that you see in Bloodstained. It's got the character from Bloodstained. So if you want to play Kingdom, but you want to do it in a, an Igarashi flavored way, that DLC is there. So that's there for you. Um, I, I keep starting this game and then I quit it and I keep starting and I quit it and I finally wanted to just jump back into it and put some time in. And I gotta say, this is a very, very frustrating game to me. It is both soothing and it is both intensely frustrating at the same time. And I'll tell you why. It's soothing when you are just running back and forth, slowly building huts and buildings and upgrading little buildings and you run left and then you chop down a tree and get a gold coin and you run right and you visit your farmer and he gives you some coins and you run back left and you build a watchtower and just kind of like going back and forth is just kind of pleasant. Like you're just slowly, slowly upgrading your area. Kind of zen, kind of chill. Um, it's not too hard to defend from the, the little bad guys that come. So it's not like a major factor. It's not too worrisome. And that part is really cool. I think the, the sprite work is really attractive and beautiful. Uh, I think it's just got a cool vibe. The really frustrating part is that they don't tell you anything about anything about this game. And some of the stuff becomes pretty obvious from the get-go. But there's a lot of, like, fine details and little nuances that you don't pick up on right away. And that if you get them wrong, you can really, like, fuck yourself over and get screwed into a place that's really hard to recover from. And I've done that to myself, I think, probably two or three times so far. 
where I just keep making a mistake that I don't know that I'm making. And then a little bit later, I realize, oh, fuck, I've done something wrong. And now I'm screwed. And now I got to start over. So oh, I think I'm on my third playthrough right now. And I'm good. I like. Yeah, yeah, go. I was going to say, I, I totally remember this now. Um, it's like coming back to me like a dream. Like, oh, did they, did they get you too? Yeah, yeah, because I would put like coins into things and yes, then I like yes. wasted the coins because I was not supposed to be putting them in that thing. And I fucking was like, well, now, like you said, it's kind of like a tree of like stuff you're supposed to upgrade. And, yes, and yes, I got yes. very frustrated by that because I was like, well, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> exactly. And if you don't know, the game does not tell you fuck all anything. I've had to go to an FAQ multiple times, which is one thing that I absolutely can't stand doing. I feel like any good game should communicate with you on a level and explain what the systems are so that you know what you're doing. And I, and if they want you to experiment, that's fine, but you should be able to recover from a failed experiment, right? But this game has gotten me into like fail states a couple times. Um, like the first time when you, you, you rescue these little hobos that live out in the woods and you recruit the hobos to come to your camp, uh, which is kind of funny and weird, but like you come back and you got to give them a job. And the way you give them a job is by you buy either a bow to make them a hunter or you buy them a hammer to make them a builder. You can decide that yourself. But something happened in my first game where I bought these bows. So like what happened was my guys got too good at defending, right? Like I had a lot of archers and the, the boogeymen were not killing me anymore. So what happened was all of the hobos that I recruited became archers and no one would become a builder and the only way that I could get them to become a builder is if one of them got attacked by one of the monsters and dropped his his item, then I could be like, okay, no, wait, go buy a hammer now. But because nobody ever got killed, nobody ever dropped their bow, so then nobody ever picked up a hammer, so then I never had any builders, oh. so I couldn't progress my game because nobody would build anything. You had to use a so, bug to get it to work. Yeah. I mean, I just had to, yeah, I just stopped because I like, I got screwed and I, like my guys were too strong. And so like nobody was ever getting killed. So nobody ever switched jobs. So I'm like, okay, this is like a design problem. And the other thing that just happened to me uh, today, this morning, as a matter of fact, was I started my game fresh, which if you know me, if anybody knows me, I'm not a guy who likes to start from scratch. Like I feel like wasted time is wasted time. It really gets under my skin. But like, there's another thing about these hobos. I mean, the hobos are like, they need to fix the hobo system because it's kind of busted <laughs> because... These hobos live in these camps out in the woods, right? But if you get rid of the trees that are on the sides of the hobo camps, because you can just chop down trees. If you chop down the trees, hobo camp goes away and there's no more hobos, right? And I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. They don't ever tell you that. So I'm chopping trees. I need, you know, I'm going to make some fences, going to protect my land. All of a sudden, the hobos dry up. There's no more hobos. My guys start dying and I got nobody to replace them. And I'm like, fuck, like, what am I? Sp I just spent all this time built up my town and I have literally no new people to recruit because my guys keep getting killed and again fucked myself into like a no-win situation which is like really terrible game design like I really do not appreciate it because if you get in that spot I've wasted hours man like yeah. it's not like I just like five minute restart it's like okay I just put like 90 minutes into this I just put three hours into this I don't want to do this again so like I, I got really frustrated got, in this game. You got rid of the hobo woods, and so there's nowhere for, for them to live. You should have. You should look for a train yard because that's where hobos live, right? I mean, dude, I was scour. I was like <laughs> under bridges. I was like in back of the food bank. I went like anywhere, dude, anywhere. I thought you were going to say was, when you were like, um, you you couldn't have any more hammers to give them um, to make them work. I thought you were going to say like. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, you could get, like, a little bottle of booze with the X's in them <laughs> and just offer it to them and be like, hey, come over here and do, build the shed for me. I got I mean, some if, of this. If, if I could build a fucking, like, 
alcohol dispensary and that would get more hobos to my island, I would totally do it. And unfortunately, that's not one of the options. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be the kind of indie that wants people to, like, discover your secrets and figure it all out and use your brain to solve the mysteries, fine. But don't let me get myself into a fucked over no win situation after I've put like five hours into your game. Like that's yeah. a waste of waste of time. It's stuff that I couldn't have figured out ahead of time. It's not intuitive. And the only way you find out is by going, fuck, I'm fucked. And what happened? And then I go to game facts and it's like, oh, yeah, don't cut down the hobo trees because the hobos dry up. Well, <laughs> shit, that's where they if live. I, if I had known that, I wouldn't have done it. And I got, you know, uh, anyway, okay. Yeah. By the way, I, I do want to go on a tangent for that real quick because very similarly to what I was just talking about earlier when we first started this episode, Trials. In Trials of Mana, I just got to a point where I can upgrade my character to like one of the highest levels. And you got to go to a statue and upgrade or whatever. And all of a sudden when I go there, it goes, you can't, you can't transform your ship, dude. You don't have the special seed. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, seed? They're like, you know, you get those seeds and they turn into the special thing that lets you upgrade to the final level. And I'm like, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then you have to like go and you don't even just get, you, there's not like a place to go get those seeds. You just have to randomly find the right seed. Ugh, lame. Random anything is lame. It random, but also similar to what you just said. Like, I didn't know that a system yeah. was a thing. If you didn't even know, how are you supposed to be looking for it? How supposed to be? I would have like planned it in the beginning. Yeah. See, that's exactly what I'm saying, right? Like, if I had known, I would have planned for the shit from the beginning. So, I mean, which brings me kind of full circle here. Like, I like this game. Like, don't get me wrong. I think this is a cool game. I like it. I don't like that it doesn't tell you how to play it. And I don't like that you can get yourself into a fucking no-win situation. Yeah. That's bad design. It is just bad design. At the same time, I do like this game enough to where I'm willing to restart it a couple times. I'm going to give it maybe, like, one more time. Yeah. And I'm going to read a little ahead in the FAQs and find out the do's and don'ts, and I'll give it one more shot because I like it. So I think it's good, but it's got some real problems. But if you want a 2D real-time strategy, really nice, beautiful pixel-looking game, I mean, check it out, but just heads up. Like, it's not really going to give you anything, and you got to kind of work for your victories. And by work, I mean Google it. Yep. So hey, heads you know up. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on the fact of, like, people should try it at least because I played the original. Now that you're talking about it for this amount of time here on the podcast it, it it almost makes me want to go try the new game just because you're right like a lot of it is relaxing yeah. um, and it's got that sim feel and tower defense it does feel. yes uh but at the same time i fucked myself so um everybody listening heed brad's words and just go to the walkthrough <laughs> and yes, figure out the yes. hobo situation <laughs> and also bring booze because that might work Absolutely. Give it a shot, but heads up, go, go in forewarned and do not be, don't be one of those players who's like, I don't need an FAQ. No, you do. Like, you trust do. me, you do. You're not yeah. going to figure this out. So anyway. Also, Kingdom no offense to hobos because you, booze works on me too. <laughs> like if you brought me a bottle of with two X's in it, I'd probably do something for you. Come build me a watchtower, Carlos. I would build it or at least try. <laughs> Kingdom Two Crowns. It's got the new Deadlands uh, collaboration with Bloodstained. Uh, even though I'm kind of mad at it, I still kind of like it. So just there you go. Carlos, back to you, sir. A game uh, that we were also sent uh, for the purposes of this podcast. Obey Me. Uh, tell us about it. In the beginning, I really didn't like the name of the game. But now that I've played it, I understand why it's called that. Um, but in the beginning, it's kind of off-putting, I think. Is it it's kind of rude. It's, it's kind of rude. It's a little weird. It's like, Obey Me. What is this game? Uh, it's made by Error 404 Game Studios, which is a fun name. 
uh, Arrow 404. They are made up of 13 people, so a small studio. And I think this is their main game uh, that they're working on. So you play as... So it's a top-down... I think they call it a brawler, 3D brawler. There's just so many different terms for uh, the game that is like Warhammer 40K Martyr, Diablo, uh, whatever that type of game is. It's kind of three-quarters top-down view and you kill a bunch of things that's the kind of game it is all right and you're punching not or using melee weapons as opposed to guns it's melee and magic-y type stuff okay okay Okay. and you play as uh essentially you're both kind of demon people you play as v or vanessa um and she is kind of a demon type lady and but she looks kind of like a regular type lady and she has a dog with her and it's a demon dog and he is very funny and he gives you shit all the time and literally talks shit like swears and stuff. And his voice, by the way, sounds just like the actor who plays Wolf from Future, Future Man. Um, I do not know who that is. You should, everybody listening, if you like nerdy shit in video games, you should watch Future Man. But anyways, it, it's like crazy how much he sounds just like that guy. The dog talks, obviously, because I just said he sounds like somebody. He gives you shit. You're a team and you're in this... Uh, area where you're essentially going to track down a demon, another demon, for this kind of boss demon. So there's kind of like a boss demon. He's really an asshole, I guess. I haven't met him yet. And he made a bunch of beings. I think he might have made you. I don't remember. But um, he makes <laughs> Clearly you Clearly the story is sticking with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's actually really fun, and the writing's really good. Um, but it is, it's kind of told very loosely, like... Um, it's not really doesn't fill you in on a lot of stuff early on. It's just like, hey, you're demon lady, demon dog, go take out mutants and monsters. Also, you're looking for this other demon. That's kind of it. That's how it starts okay. you off. Okay. Um, and what's interesting about the gameplay is you definitely have a lot of melee uh, strikes. You can upgrade those abilities. Uh, you get experience shards. Get you know to your uh, skill menu and add things to your character and add skills to your dog. Um, you have some ranged weapons. You have some um, just a lot of melee kind of combos. So a lot, like how you hit the button, how you hold the button down, it does different things. And the environment is very like day glow, red, really vibrant colors, and a lot of really weird environment like monsters, but also like. Um, plant things like a lot of gross cartoony plant things um, like big Venus flytraps and like weird pustules that bounce you around the board it's just a, it's a really in, unique environment like I don't think I've seen it in a, this type of game before uh, especially like the Venus flytraps who literally like suck you in and then you go like uh, knock them off you so yeah there's a lot of combos you can literally merge with your dog so there's you can oh, really ju- what happens with that uh, you just get stronger and you kind of like your colors change and you kind of take on some of the colors of the dog. And do you still look like a like a lady or do you look yeah. like a dog lady? No, you still look like a lady. Ah, lame. Okay. Yeah, it could have been a dog lady, but um, it, it's just like it's just re- it's kind of relaxing in that same way as like a Diablo is, where you're just going through, uh, taking out monsters. You'll you'll find bosses, and you know most of the time they will quip with you, and there's a lot of like. You know, smart dialogue. I think it's pretty funny. Um, and my favorite mechanic is that you can warp. You can always warp. Uh, I don't think it really costs any stamina. Uh, it's like L2 trigger. 
I'm playing this on PS4. And you can always warp around the board, which is really helpful. And yeah, I, I, I dig it. The only downside so far is that I got to a boss that, you know, I was supposed to be tracking down this one, like, demon. And I think we got to him. And I feel like it was really early in the game. Like, I don't feel like it was maybe what, a few hours in. And I died super hard to that boss because it had like a lot of different stages and up the reason i bring it up super hard is because like up until that point it was just kind of like a fun game and relaxing and i wasn't worried worried about like dying a lot and i like more of those kind of games in my life but then when i got to the boss it was like a several stage boss and when i died i was like oh i don't want to go back right away you know what i mean yeah i hear you sometimes it's really uh kind of uh takes a wind out of your sails you know yeah because it was such a relaxing time the whole way through uh really enjoyed the story of just them kind of just talking to each other and filling up the world a little bit more and giving each other shit um i like the game my 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 review is that i like the game a lot and i think it's something i really haven't seen before in the style and the way they kind of quip back and forth um, and I really want to see what this kind of like story opens up to because I feel like they didn't really give me a ton of info in the beginning. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Got turned off by a, a big boss fight, but I I am gonna go back. Well, just to follow, just for like just real briefly. So you're, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is it's kind of like a a, a smartly written or at least humorous uh, top down brawler. But it doesn't sound like there's a lot of like anything, any gameplay hooks or anything that really makes it stand out from any other kind of like brawling game. Is there anything else in the gameplay that makes it stand out or is it really just sold on the strength of the script? Um, yeah, I guess it's just the the environment being like a, a, a puzzle as well. Like you really have to like navigate all these weird like plant things all around the place and zones will pop up and of course monsters will will be there you have to clear out but and there is kind of a side like you can definitely go not just the main path right you can like go down a side uh alleyway or something and find some extra crystals or whatever but yeah to your point i think the skill tree is pretty limited um it's a small team i don't think they uh, really spent a lot of time on that part of it i think more the reason to play this game is for the interesting story that they're telling and kind of the unique um, take on this type of a genre. So, yeah, I don't think it's a ton of really amazing abilities, but they all feel fun. And I haven't unlocked them all, right? There's a lot more dog, demon dog abilities I haven't unlocked. But it does feel like just kind of going to his own, take out things. But that's not ever a bad thing for me. Like, how, how many hours did both of us play of uh, 40K Martyr? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're in the mood for that sort of thing, that's a very specific itch that needs to be scratched. So I, I totally get that for sure. I think it's itch. I think it's scratching two itches. I think it's doing that itch, but it's also doing the story and this kind of unique perspective of being like a demon type person already and like tracking down other demons. It's, it's interesting. So and, and this is on you're playing it on what switch PS4? Where is it? Where are you playing this? I'm at? playing this on PS4 and it looks great on the big screen. And yeah. I really dig it. I really dig it, and I've never seen a style like it before. I just got turned off by a boss fight that I don't know if I didn't get there too soon. You know, maybe I got there before I was like had more abilities I needed or something. Oh, and one other negative, developers, if you're listening, um, 
I'm not sure why, and I don't think I'm missing it, but there's no map. Oh, no. And, and it's do you a, feel like it needs one? Yeah, and that kind of a top-down setting. You know, like, if we didn't have one in Martyr, I would have died. Like, oh, dude, you need a map in those, like, dungeon crawl games, the yeah. top-down ones especially. Because like, you got to have that map. It tells you where to go. It tells you where I haven't been. You need that. Well, the, essentially the side thing. So, like, I just started not going down, like, I just started going in one direction. <laughs> you know, like, and hoping that it was, like, where the main quest was taking me. And then it, it, it discouraged me from going down oh, that's alleyways. A yeah. Yeah. All right. Developers, tell me if I'm missing it. Maybe it's just like a button and I'm like an idiot. But uh, I didn't see it, so. All yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Obey me uh, on... Uh, you're playing it on PS4. PS4. Just, just real quick, why do they why do they say Obey Me? Is it just because oh, right. you're following like, the other demons' yeah, because, orders or what? Yeah, it's this huge demon who I haven't met who like essentially made a bunch of other demons. And I think he might have made me. I forget. Um, and he essentially, or it, it, is like, you know, the kind of leader of this realm that i'm in so it's like the idea is that you know everybody has to obey this person creature whatever sure, it is sure. and so that makes more sense to me now it's like oh yeah oh, like we're kind of going against the grain and being like kind of outlaw renegades like well we're just gonna go do things how we want to do them but there's this supposedly overarching boss character who is the person who is essentially saying obey me got it got it got it All i right, think i think Carlos digs it. Thank you very much, Carlos. Um, I have a couple to go through, and then we are going to team up at the end for our final game. Right now, I want to kind of touch on a genre that you have brought up a couple times, but I don't think I have brought up on the show, maybe ever. Uh, the idol, the idol genre, I-D-L-E, not five Korean uh, handsome gentlemen singing songs. The idol genre where you just kind of click a few things and the game kind of runs itself. Uh, I don't play a lot of these. You've brought a couple to the show, which is always kind of interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, this one is called Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. Um, this is on every platform. It's on PC. It's on Switch. It's on PS4. It's on Xbox. Uh, I played it on Switch most recently, but I, I imagine it's fine anywhere you play it. It's probably even on mobile phones, I would guess. Um, so I'm not like super into idle games. I'm not. I haven't played very many of them, but I've seen this one pop up a lot. It's got a very colorful title card. It's very eye-catching. It's got a weird name that kind of caught my attention. And I had a few minutes to try something new the other day, so I figured I would give this a shot. It's free to download, and that was also more incentive to give it a a try. Uh, So this is basically taking the Forgotten Realms setting of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I don't know how faithful it is, because it's been a long time since I played D&D. But they start you off with like this dwarf, and he's on the left side of the screen. It is a hand-drawn sort of a game and your dwarf walks from left to right automatically and then uh, monsters come from right to left like it'll be like little dogs or goblins or bats or whatever like your generic D monsters and he just like keeps walking and bashing that hammer and killing them automatically one by one as you kill monsters you earn gold and it's it's pretty passive if you are in a level that is not way above your level you can basically ignore the game and just let it keep running and it'll just keep going and going and going where he will just bash animals infinitely. When you come back, you've got like $42 million because you just haven't been playing. It's just been running <laughs> and, automatically, right? And it's dollars too. It's not gold. It's actual U.S. dollars. U.S. American dollars. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it starts out fine and then uh, soon enough you are able to recruit more people. Apparently this game has like bananas DLC, like... 84,000 pieces of DLC where it's like new characters, 
um, like companions, like different pieces of gear. I mean, that's clearly where they're making their money. Like people must like this game enough to like to, to put money in for the DLC because there's like pages of DLC for this game. And when I you thought say that DLC, was pretty interesting. Though, you mean like for purchase? For for real money purchase, yeah. yes. You get the game for free, and then you, there's all these little like. You can buy a little content pack and you can get this little upgrade thing and then you can go to the game. You can go to like the the eShop and there's like 42,000 little things you can download. And here's like a pet and here's like a a hat and like all this stuff. So that's clearly where they're making their money. Uh, I get it. That's cool. I mean, I have no problem with that as long as people are upfront about it. And they're very upfront about it. They let you know from the get go that you can buy all this shit. And it's they're not like really trying to trick you, I wouldn't say. Um, So I started playing it and I'm like, okay, well, not really my thing, but I could maybe see playing this for like an hour before bed every night. I unlocked a couple more characters. And then the thing that kind of makes it stand out from the other clickers that I've seen. And again, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not, I don't know all the clickers out there, but each character you unlock has little powers. Like one, the healer will be like, she heals everybody who is two rows in front of her. And you have like a little army of dudes eventually. So like, it'll be like the guy in the front will power up the guy who is above him and the guy who is to the left will shoot an arrow that goes three squares in the front. And like each guy has their own little quirks, right? And so you got to put them in a little formation to where everybody's power is being maximized. So like you put the healer in the back because she's healing the front two rows and you put the, the guy with the hammer in the front so that he like smashes three squares forward. And like, you know, you kind of move your characters around and it's free to do. You can do it anytime, but keep restructuring them, keep powering them up move them around and eventually you get like this little death squad of like multiple characters rolling through these like little generic D&D lands just killing killing bats automatically and as an experiment I had maybe like four or five characters put the game down on my dinner table went and made dinner and had dinner and came back to it and like I had like so much cash built up it was ridiculous it was like st- it was stupid how much cash I had so that that was fine I'm like okay this is this is okay not my thing but I could kind of see, you know, chipping away at this. And then I got to the problem. Maybe this is not a problem for other people, but it is a problem for me. I get to the end of the series of quests where like, you know, hey, you're in this land and you're killing dogs. All right. Now you're in this other land. You're killing bats. Okay. Now you're in this new land. You're killing trolls or whatever it is. Right. So you get to the end. You fight this little boss. You, you kill the boss. And then it's like quest over. Now start a new quest. I'm like, okay, cool. All my dudes went back to zero. And oh. all my stuff had to be earned again. And I'm like, no, 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 Like I was fine going through and grinding all that money and unlocking stuff and like, you know, powering my dudes up and that was fine. But to have all that stuff be set back to zero and it's the game even comments on it, right? They're like, Hey, don't worry. You've unlocked some upgrades. The grind is totally going to go like way faster this time. And I'm like, I don't want to do this again. Like I did it once. I want, I want new grind. I don't want old grind. I don't want to do the grind I just did. So when I saw that they wanted me to restart from zero every time I started a new quest, I'm like, nope, out. I am out ski so hard. I mean, yeah. grind is grind, and to repeat grind that I just did is 100% not cool. So I, I definitely think I played this a while ago. Um, again, it's been out in kind of different forms uh, off and on, I think. And I I was going to say what, what for me stops me from playing these idle games is that the, the obviously I know that the progression is that carrot on the stick and that's the whole thing of it. Exactly. But I think they need more carrots and they need to be like different types of carrots and like story based carrots. Like things yeah, that, where yeah. you go like, Oh, we just got to the castle. Oh, that's different, you know, and like 
exactly opposite what you just said. You don't reset your characters, but you're like, oh, I've had this character, this dwarf. You know, he's got a bigger beard now. I've had him for like six months. You know what I mean? And uh, let me tell you that story. That one time we went to that one castle and we defeated the Grand Wizard blah, blah, blah name. Because then yeah, it feels more yeah. like an RPG. Agreed. Agreed. If it was a little bit more permanence, a little bit more permanence progression, I could put up with this grind. Because honestly, it's like, it's really low stakes, dude. All you're sitting there is you're watching these dudes swinging their weapons and the monsters are dying and gold coins are flying. Like, it's kind of hypnotic, right? And I could imagine that, like, me being in bed, kind of half asleep and just kind of watching this thing happen as I drift off to dreamland. Like, I could, I could do that. But not... There's no story really to speak of. It's just like, oh, we did this quest. Okay, thanks. Bye. Like, it's not interesting. Yeah. Uh, the stuff you unlock is just, like, power-based and just, you know, like, you know, plus one attack and you got this new power. But it gets reset and it's like, oh, it was so just like, oh, God, I just wanted to, like, it was, I noped out of it so fucking hard. I was like, no way. There's no way I'm doing this again. There's no way. So that, That's a so video game. Skip it. Uh, absolutely <laughs> skip it. I'm going to yeah, add absolutely. a, I'm that, it's a new thing for us. That's a skip it. That is definitely a skip it. So there was that. I got one more game to talk about, and then we're going to do our final game of the show, folks. I'm going to just keep talking here. Um, I picked up Jet Lancer last night. It's kind of getting a little bit of buzz right now. Have you heard of Jet Lancer on the Switch, Carlos? Yes, and I saw that you picked it up, and I was thinking about picking it up, and I feel like we talked about it on the show even once before. Am I right? I don't know if we've talked about it. I don't oh. think so. Okay. I don't think so. It just came out yesterday. Um, do not Do not buy this game. Okay, you know, that's a skip it. Let's move that's on. That's a skip it. That's a yeah. Skip. This okay. So what happens is, um, it's a it's a game. It's a two D action game where you play a tiny little. I mean, it's like an aircraft. Maybe it's like a spaceship, space space aircraft, something. You fly around, and it's one of those games where it takes like inertia and gravity into account. So like you have to, your your plane is constantly falling towards the ground. Like you're not just flying like coasting, right? You're not cruising. So, like, you have to constantly boost yourself to stop from crashing to the ground. While you boost yourself away from the ground, you can also rotate in the air. So, like, you can, like, boost up to not crash as you're in the air, spin your plane around, and shoot in, like, every direction. You've got missiles, and other enemies are flying around at you, and it's a very fast-paced, high-stakes, like, air combat game. Uh, I haven't played many of these, but I like the look of it. It looked very action-packed in the trailer. Lots of cool-looking robot bosses, and it seemed like something I was kind of in the mood for after playing so many like slow, uh, progress-based games on the Switch lately. I'm like, yeah, I want, I want something fast. I want something that's got some bite to it. That looks good. So I picked it up full price. I think it was 15 bucks. So not a huge investment, but 15 bucks is 15 bucks, especially now in the time of coronavirus. Uh, you know, less money to go around. I'm not working as much. Money's tight. So you know, I want to be pretty judicious about my purchases. Um, I think this game is like generally pretty cool but i stopped playing it pretty quick and i'll tell you why so number one it's pretty hard which in itself wasn't really the problem I, it looks pretty hard from the trailer i kind of expected that going into it so that's not really the problem but the problem is that these developers have missed one very key thing in their development it is a very small detail but it is a very important detail and that detail is when you are flying around in your airplane there is nothing in the air with you. You are simply, you can see the ground, um, sort of. It's like in the horizon. But when you're flying in the sky, it is just empty space. And the problem with that is that you can't tell which direction you're going and how fast you're going and how fast you're falling because there is nothing for you to gauge your speed on. Oh, now, weird. Um, it's a really strange issue 
that doesn't come up very often, but it is a very, very, very important issue because in a game like this where inertia and speed and direction are all about victory, like you need to know where you're going, you gotta be really in tune with the ship. If you're looking, like imagine, imagine a spaceship being in the middle of a blue, static blue background. It looks like you're holding still, but actually you're traveling 200 miles in the left, right? You yeah. can't tell that you're going that fast because there's no like clouds, there's no smoke trail, there's no particle effects in the air. It's, it's like, just like a blue background. It's like being in an elevator. You have no idea. I mean, kind of. It, it's kind of like that. So, like, I'd be flying around, and I'm like, am I going fast? Am I going slow? Am I falling? Am I going up? Like, which way am I going? I can't really tell because there's nothing in the air to tell you visually what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, you see, you, you like, scream towards the ground at 300 miles an hour. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm going way too fast. I got to pull up. Or, like, you know, you'll you'll crash head on into another plane, an enemy plane, because you didn't realize you were going that fast because there was no way for you to like visually tell mm. that you're going that fast. It's a really strange problem that is very specific to like flight games like this. Uh, and these guys really missed a trick. It really fucks their game up. It makes it harder to play than it needs to be. And it's very disorienting. It's like it's like you're looking at a, a snapshot that's not moving. And then all of a sudden there's like a thousand explosions on screen and you're wondering what happened. Like you're kind of confused and it's really tough to keep up with the action. So I, I like in general, the concept of what they're doing. The ship is cool. The, the upgrades you get are cool. Like the anime style is cool. Like I think it's cool, but without that part of the action, this action doesn't work. And this is an action game. So you need yeah. to have that action. You would so think, I, I was just going to say, you think they put clouds or something. See, okay, so see, so this is this is what happened, right? I'm playing this game, and I'm like, this is frustrating. This is not working. This game needs clouds. It needs particles. It needs something. And what this game reminds me of more than anything is Luft Rousers from uh, Vlambeer. Have you played Luft Rousers? Uh, yeah, I always forget that name and what it looks like, but I know I've played it. It is exactly the same sort of inertia-based airplane game where you need to stop yourself from crashing into the ground, and you're flying around in the sky, but... Uh, they put clouds and they put indicators in the sky to let you know where you're going. And so you have a very, uh, very improved sense of speed and inertia and direction, and you can control yourself a lot better. And it's got that same kind of like air combat to it. So like, as mm. I was playing Jet Lancer, I'm like, I want to play a game like this, but this sucks. And I don't like playing this. This reminds me of Left Rousers and Left Rousers was really cool. I want to play some Left Rousers. So I start looking around for where I can download it <laughs> and you can't download it anywhere, dude, except for Steam. And I don't want to play it on Steam because I don't play PC. And I'm like, God damn it. I played it on the Vita. I know it's on the Vita. So, okay, I'm just going to go dig out my Vita. I'm going to go find it. I go down oh on my, my basement. Go to my basement. I, there's like 42 boxes down here, and I'm like, fuck. It's in, it's in one of these. And I just I start. I go through box by box. Finally find the Vita, and I'm like, yes, got the Vita. Try to plug it in. Of course, the battery was like 1,000% dead, so I had to like you know get that going. But I plugged in the Vita, and I got to say, Carlos, the Vita... Do you still have one? You have one still? I don't have one still, and I wish I did. I think my last one was just like total garbage or something at some point. Um, oh no! I love the Vita. I love the Vita. The Vita is amazing. The Vita is like the Switch's progen ancestor, right? Like it, everything you loved about the Vita is better in the Switch. But you go back to the Vita, and the Vita is still fucking awesome. And and the best part about this was was like I was talking to people about memory cards, and I'm like, you know, I as I started thinking about left rousers, started thinking about the Vita, and I'm like, oh, man, so many good games I really ha enjoyed in the Vita. I was a real Vita dude, and I'm like, you know, the Vita store is going to go away pretty soon. Like, Sony hasn't made any announcements. They haven't said they're going to yank it, but at some point, it's going to go away. Like, that's that's the way of all virtual digital games, right? And I'm like, I started, it started stressing me out. I'm like, fuck, I mean, I haven't touched my Vita in, like, three years, but 
what if in like 17 years from now I get that itch and I want to play the left risers again and then there's no place for me to fucking download it and I can't get my games back and that's gonna like stress me out man started throwing me like in an OCD spiral right so I jump I jump into the vein I'm like oh, no 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 I gotta download these games now I gotta like archive this shit I gotta get this I gotta save this right in case I ever want it in the future who knows pass it on to my kids if I don't who knows this is turning so, into an ordeal Oh my god, dude! I was spiraling so hard today. Like I just got thrown into this tizzy, and I couldn't, I couldn't snap out of it. Right. So I get the Vita out, charge it up, plug it into my PC. Have you ever charged? Have you ever plugged your Vita into your PC? No. The Vita plugged into the PC is fucking amazing. It is so fucking amazing. It sucks that Sony didn't support this better because the Vita is such a great machine and it does so many fucking cool things that nobody ever really knew about. If you take your charging cable and plug it into the USB slot in your PC, even today, I did it myself an hour ago, you download Content Manager for the Vita. You find it immediately. It's the first thing that comes up in Google. It's a free download. You download it to your Vita. It takes like 12 seconds or something like that. It downloads an app on your Vita and it immediately turns your hard drive on your PC into like the world's biggest Vita memory card. So you can download as many fucking games as you want and then upload them to your computer and then you've got them forever. Like you don't need to worry about a physical memory card. You just put them on a hard drive, like an external hard drive, put them on your computer's hard drive, internal, whatever you want to do. And it works so fucking seamlessly. It is so easy. I wish the Switch had that so bad. Oh my God, I wish the Switch had it. As I was doing it today on the Vita, I was like, oh my God. All I had to do was plug in this thing and I, I clicked two buttons and downloaded it and it just worked. It updated and it worked and it was so yeah. smooth and beautiful and painless. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Why do not more people do this? It's crazy. So, um, oh, so great. I so was going to say, in closing, uh, what's the game of the game again? I am I'm about to play some Left Rousers I know. tonight, which comes the from other game. Beer. Uh, the <laughs> uh, Jet Lancer on the Switch. But so I just so in closing, it's a skip it on the Jet Lancer. <laughs> yeah, skip it on Jet Lancer. It is a play it on the Vita for sure. And go get a Vita and uh, oh plug it into your PC. I just want everybody to know what I'm going to be doing tonight for like the next 12 hours is I'm going to be re-downloading every Vita game I ever bought and I'm going to upload it to my computer on this little external hard drive and I'm going to save these games for eternity. That's awesome. Yeah, no, you brought back good memories and... I think the Vita and a bunch of other systems did that where it talked to your PC. It just understood that it could, it could be a drive. It could, oh, you know so what good. I mean? It so could just easy. see. Uh, yeah, it could, I mean, so all those devices can do that. If anything, oh most companies put like safeguards so it can't do things that the hardware probably normally can do. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, the Switch yeah. can fucking get seen by the PC. Are you kidding me? So, I know, man. Oh, my God. If the Switch could do that, it would be, like, literally the perfect console. I wish the Switch could do it so bad. It fucking it is can. It's just probably blocked off. It That's just all. won't. Yeah, it's locked. Yeah. Sure. So. Well, anyways, anyway. that was an interesting review. <laughs> oh, my God. The left browsers, the Vita is so great. Jet Lancer, not so great. Put fucking clouds in your games, and I'll come back to it. Anyway. All right, folks. Final game of the show. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, Carlos. High Rise Heroes on the Switch, which just came out like a couple days ago, maybe like two or three. So we're still on the brand new bubble with this one. Tell us about High Rise Heroes on the Switch, Carlos. Yeah, I found it because you tweeted about it, um, which is interesting. Sometimes that happens. You know, we inspire each other. Uh, a we little do. screenshot or video of a, a game we're playing. And it was a puzzle game. So I've been kind of into puzzle games because I'm playing Fairy Night still. Uh, which you hate the art of, I know. Ah, I know. Ugly art, so ugly. It's still a fun puzzle game. Uh, so there's a puzzle game with words, uh, letters that you are bricks, and then you you form words out of them. 
And before I get into the game itself, um, I went to research it and downloaded it because it's again one ninety nine or three dollars or something, something yeah, affordable. Yeah, like two bucks on the Switch. What a great price! What a great, especially for this game. And uh, as I'm checking it out, I noticed it's by Fallen Tree Games, and I was like, I know that name. Where do I know that name from? It's the guys who made and gals who made American Fugitive. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. I. <laughs> That's so funny because I just bought that like two weeks ago after you talked about it on the show. I haven't played it yet, but I bought it. Oh, dude, you're gonna have fun with that game. So that is that is hilarious. That is you couldn't be more different in game style. You couldn't, but I researched it, and they've been making puzzle games for a while. That is hilarious. I had no idea. Yeah, they make these really interesting puzzle games. One's called Quell, and they're kind of just you know meditative, but also like uh, pretty difficult at times. And the, yeah, there's a lot of puzzle games, and I think that. Um, American Fugitive might be like their biggest game to date, um, especially if you see all the other kind of more puzzlers they made. But this game, really interesting because it does have characters and it does have story. And the characters are essentially just little, you know, profile pictures of these characters. And that's what pops up in American Fugitive. A lot of little stories with like just uh, a head and shoulders shot of a character. Right. So mm-hmm. there is similarities there with the with the way they tell stories in American Fugitive and the way they're telling the story of High Rise Heroes. So what high, what is this High Rise Heroes? You uh, essentially are in a huge high rise tower, huge tower, and you wake up with amnesia. But again, you, I guess you're a character, but you really play as a cast of characters. And you go down. You're trying to essentially escape this tower that had some earthquake. It had some really chaos happen in the tower. There's things on fire. All you know is you've got to get out of this tower. And in order to do so, you've got to go down all the different floors. And there's 90 or 80 or something. There's a lot of floors. It's like a shitload of floors. When I looked at the map, I was like, oh, my God. There's like a lot of floors. Oh, my God. There's so many floors. Oh, my God. There's so many floors. So you have amnesia. And then, again, you meet other people. You're essentially trying to rescue all of them. And pretty much wackiness does ensue because this is oh, not totally dude yeah. it's not a normal uh, high rise and i thought it was very interesting because again now that i knew that it was fallen tree games i could see some of their kind of wacky stories they would tell in american fugitive kind of in this thing but what is this game essentially each board is a floor and each floor has a different obstacle on how you have to uh create words within this uh letters what is it called puzzler it's essentially like um it's like a word search kind of a thing word you know? search but then you're also doing it that tetris thing where when you complete a word or you make a you know a letter explode it drops down so everything drops yeah, down yeah yeah uh, like a vertical element too yeah. vertical element yeah and so essentially your characters that you meet including you in the beginning are inside these uh words or letters and so you're essentially trying to get your character to the bottom. And then when they get to the bottom, they escape that floor. Um, and other later, you'll meet like a monkey and some really weird things. And then they might make the word search be like a little different. Like you have to find uh, this cat at some point. So all the letters or all the words you form have to have the word, um, have to have the letter A in them. And that's how you can beat the board. So that that's essentially it, right? Yeah, I, I dig it, dude. I, I I don't usually go in for word-type puzzle games just because they don't usually seem to really float my boat. But this one looked 
interesting enough and i saw the cast of characters i mean and, and there is some story so it's like just enough story to kind of keep the wheels moving the puzzles are not really super difficult but they are varied enough to kind of keep your attention like you said like in one you're trying to like every word you make has to have an a or another one there's like you have to include a banana in every single word and there's little banana icons on the screen or other ones is like uh your characters are running out of oxygen and you have to make a word that has a blue letter because blue has oxygen in it so you got to like make words that will also allow your characters to keep breathing and like each floor has like a little twist and so even though the puzzles are not like that complicated or, or you know not really that that taxing they are very interesting because you, you you feel like you're doing something new every single floor well yeah and they also keep adding elements which yeah to yeah. to to kind of a detriment at some point because i feel like you mentioned the oxygen thing the oxygen thing essentially you connect um uh, letters and you can actually connect the letters through the character themselves like their tile and by yes, doing that yes. with the oxygen you're refilling their oxygen because it runs out and that's already kind of time consuming but at the same time you add oh now there's steel elements that you can't actually move or now there's um yeah like different like bricks you have to break and they keep layering them on top of each other but they rarely get rid of them so it's almost like they just keep adding challenge um i kind of wouldn't mind a little less of that because i'm pretty far in now i think i'm on floor 69 or 68 or something like that and mm-hmm. i I just feel like there's so many elements at times that every once in a while they'll give you a break and they'll make make the game just about like bananas or something. And I think that's kind of cool. But when they go back to the like the hardcore regular levels, it's got oxygen. I got this I got to do. I got to get this thing. Um, But what they do to make it kind of easier is that each character has an ability. We haven't talked about those. And each character has abilities to kind of like help in the board. The monkey will like, the monkey you rescue will be able to fill somebody's oxygen all the way. I've actually used that one quite a few times where I just can't get a blue letter anywhere near the person I need to get it to, and so the monkey will just somehow. I mean, I'm not even sure what the concept behind that is because I'm not yeah. sure how a monkey gives you air. I mean, does he like swing over and give you mouth to mouth or something? I mean, it doesn't make sense, but that's what his power is. Or like He's a one guy, <laughs> one guy will. Uh, highlight a word on the board in case you can't find a word it'll just give you a word sometimes it's a good word sometimes it doesn't help you very much it's kind of a gamble sometimes it's uh another person will let you switch any two tiles which that one is pretty helpful sometimes so everybody's got a little bit of a power and the takeaway like the to balance that is that every time you use one of those powers it takes away one of the turns that you have to finish the board so like let's say for example you've got to rescue five people from a, a board in 25 turns so if you get stuck at some point, it'll be like, oh, well, you can use so-and-so's power, but you'll lose two turns. So then you'll, instead of having 25, you'll have I 23. I didn't know so. that until you just said that. Oh, have you just been using the powers willy-nilly? willy-nilly powering it up. <laughs> well, yeah, not. each one takes away a certain number of your turns, so you got to watch that. Otherwise, uh, you may use too many powers, and then you won't have enough turns left to actually get the rescue done. Well, here's a pro tip on those powers, and I found this out the hard way. Uh, like you said, there's the frisky monkey who likes to give people mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and give them oxygen. If you get him out of the board, then his power's gone. So yeah. you forget that sometimes. You're just so focused on getting people out of there. But you might need, like this one character switches, like you said, the tile of the actual character. So he moves the character over left or right. And you need that because sometimes when you're going down, they'll hit a steel barrier that they can't go past. And if you rescue that lady before... Uh, the guy's down there, then you can't use her ability. 
So that exact that exact thing happened to me just last night, where I got I got that lady rescued first, the one who had the power to move people, and the person who was left on the board was trapped behind a steel barrier and they couldn't get around it, and yeah. I was screwed. So and yeah, so that's another interesting layer of strategy where you have to remember who's left on the board and what powers they have, and some of them are not too important, but some of them can be real you know make or break powers and you got to like keep that in mind as well so uh i haven't gotten to any levels where i felt like there was too much going on but i definitely agree with you that as you go further i suspect you're probably further than i am though um it does they start to layer and it does get to be fairly complex but so far i dig it like i feel like it's on a good track for me and i really if this had been just a straight up word game i would have been really bored and i would have noped out a while ago but between the story and the powers and remembering who goes where and the different elements it's definitely been keeping my attention, dude. I really dig this game, and especially for, like, two bucks. That's a hell of oh, a fucking deal. No-brainer. It's um, Absolutely. Instead of a skip it, it's a uh, get it. It's a get Absolutely it. Absolutely get it. It's a get it, for sure. Absolutely um, get it. Get it, get it. But also, I'm. Uh, it starts on 90th floor. Uh, I just had looking at my notes, and I'm on 71, actually, uh, or 70. And I'm just about to switch chapters, so there's actually chapters, too. Um, and again, like you're, there's a lot of story that gets told in each chapter, but I think it's a little too hard right now. Like, I feel like I hit a wall and I've died like six or seven times in a row. So I hope that that gets not just more and more and more harder, you know? Um, well, we shall see. I feel like it kind of comes and goes because there's definitely been a few levels where I've died a few times and then some, it's like, I'll, I'll die on one, like three or four times and then I'll like blow through the next like three and then I'll hit one where it's like, oh, this is like a tough one. And then I'll blow through the next couple. I mean, it kind of goes back and forth for yeah. me. So maybe okay. I'm just on a real extra hard one. I just think, like you said, um, it, it's just, uh, or I'm not sure if you said this, but it's relaxing to me. Like it's really, because uh, there is no real time. Like uh, there's a couple of boards that say you have to do something in a certain time, but they say, would you like to turn this off? And I was like, yep, because. Oh, you can turn the time limit off? Oh, just on certain boards, there's time limits. Most times. Oh, I hate even... those. Oh, those are the ones I hate. I love this game because it's turn-based and not time-based because I can't stand when there's a, a countdown timer. I, oh, yeah. I, I would fail this game. This would, be sure. a, this would be a skip it for me if there was a timer the whole time. I do not enjoy timer. And it only comes up a couple times. Where? Do, how do you turn it off? <laughs> we just said times, like a lot of times. A few uh, times, not too many times. It, it, it just it gave me a message. It said, like, hey, do you want to turn this off? And I was like, yes. I'll have to go back and check that because I love this game turn-based. I really don't like the few levels that are a countdown timer it just stresses me out. I don't enjoy that. So yeah, I'm going to go back and check uh, after we get done with this podcast. I'm going to turn that off. Check it out. Turn it off. Um, I, I don't want to be rushed for this because if anything, uh, these games are re- really interesting what they do to your brain because you're like, oh, I see a word right there, but then it's not there. So you're like, you just get psyched out so many times. You're like, I think I got this. Oh, well, then there, that letter isn't there. So it's just fun to me and uh, kind of relaxing, especially when there's no time. But I also say pro tip number two for me, uh, I turned off that damn hint thing. Oh, yeah, because sometimes it'll, like, highlight a word. It, it just it, really it confuses me because I'm, like, focusing on a, on a specific word. And it's like, hey, have you seen I-E-Y-E? It's right here. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to, like, get Quest going. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never take the hint that they give me. Like, it's never really useful. I usually go with something else. And uh, I, I could probably turn that off, too. It's turn really that off. Great, turn that off. Turn yeah. the timer off. And I think you got yourself a great game. I mean, it's it's really interesting. It's like quirky story, really fun puzzles. The only other thing I'll say negatively. Besides, oh, no. It's a small negative. 
because um, I love volunteering ga- volunteer games. They know that. And we're going to do a series, uh, hopefully together someday, uh, on Fugitive, American Fugitive uh, on YouTube. But at some point, somebody grabs a lady's ass. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I got to that part, yeah. And it doesn't really go in. It says it might be the robot, and the robot doesn't really apologize. And I'm like, what's going on here? So that was we. I was that was weird. I don't know if it was supposed to be a joke or something. It didn't land because I'm like, why? What? Yeah. Why it, are we talking about it this? Felt it was awkward. just like a real quick. Yeah, just a real quick thing. Maybe it was supposed to get a laugh or something, but it didn't. I just it just seemed weird. But anyway. it's such a small nitpick. Go get this game. This game is freaking really fun. Definitely get it. Absolutely get it. So it's I a get it. Heroes. It's a get it. So. All right, man. I think that is it for the games. Uh, do you have anything before we get to the closing of the show? Any Ion Games Field this week? Before we do Ion Games Field, I want to say the Obey Me. I was just looking up the page on Steam. Obey Me is also an anime dating game, so be careful. Don't get that one. I'm talking about Obey Me. What? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Sa- different, same title, different game. Same it's not title, different game. The- okay, okay. Do Obey Me Steam, and it'll get to the right page, and then you can, or Obey Me PS4. Uh, but that game, you are two misfit demons. I, I was right about that. Um, and the woman, Vanessa, is she's a soul huntress, and she has a hellhound companion. So that maybe tells you a little more of the story. But, yeah, anyways, I recommend it. Uh, Ion Games Field, for me, is Hero Land, which I might start tonight. Hero Land? Is that the turn-based predecessor to Spaceland? Oh, I don't think so. Um, it is a game that came out a while ago. I was meaning to pick it up. Something else happened. Many games. I'm gonna look happened. it up while you're talking about it. Look Hero it up. Land. The art What's style. It on Steam? Uh, no, I'm gonna play it on PS4. I believe it's on all the systems now. Um, the art style is beautiful. It reminds me of the Tourist and the fact that it's kind of like pixely, voxely looking, and really beautiful. And I hear the story's kind of really interesting, where you are running kind of some sort of an amusement park. But it's also a turn-based RPG, and oh, okay, okay, okay. It's just really whimsical and weird, and I love this kind of you know type of game. And also, even though I'm playing Trials and it's you know lighthearted RPG, it's still getting so difficult because I'm just taking on these huge bosses and it's just like really tiring. So, weirdly enough, I'm going to go to another RPG to relax from the RPG I'm already from playing. your first RPG. I don't know if that's going to work exactly. We'll Maybe see. You should try a different genre. <laughs> I know, I know. But at the same time, is it's it just seems like more of a, a whimsical ride. So I've been meaning to try it. Um, it's on dock. It's on deck. Here or the dock. I mean, if you're going to go on an ocean voyage. It's on it's the on dock, dock of the well. bay. And I'm sitting on the dock <laughs> of the bay playing Hero Land on the deck. Watching the tide roll away. Roll, the, gotcha. roll away. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Anything else? Um, No. No, that's okay. You can be you can be firm about it. You can be like, no, I, I take that. That's a that's a skip it. That's a, <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it up before we get ourselves in more trouble here. I think we are done with the games we're going to cover. Uh, we are going to record a couple of clips for the animated video version of the show. But for now, I think we're going to wrap this recording, folks. Uh, that's it. But please hit us up with your questions and comments. We'd love to hear from you if you like the show. If you don't like the show, maybe keep that to yourself. But if you love the show, write into us and let us know. Uh, <laughs> thoughts, ideas, comments, anything. Um, hit us up, please, please. We love to hear from you. So, video games podcast at gmail.com. 
We are on Twitter collectively at Silvideo Games, but you can hit us up individually, and I think in general that's probably better. Carlos, where can people find you this week? Yeah, just Onawa, O-N-A-W-A. Also, again, uh, So Video Games Podcast on YouTube. Excellent, excellent. As usual, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 180. Thank you again for joining us here at the So Video Games Podcast, and we'll be back before you know it. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And that's a skip it from Carlos. Wait, what am I skipping?